This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Jackson's there, Billy Head. The goal, Chris Billy, Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Guys, good evening. Welcome. I've got it all written down here. Let me be. <laughs> this is what they're doing on BBC News, isn't it? Did you see it when uh, you come in and it was proper serious on it? So. <laughs> Uh, this banter about haircuts uh, through news reports. Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 102 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast as we review yet another grim week for our beloved club. Joining myself, the artist formerly known as on Twitter Supercars until La Liga got my first account took down with 1,500 followers, never to return again. It's me. Can you talk about yourself, Rich Cosmala? <laughs> And joining us today is Huddersfield Town's pin-up boy. He's not only available to ogle behind the till on the wall in the newly reopened shop this week, porter cabin that is, <laughs> this hunk is now available to ogle or to drool over in the new season card three-minute club video for 2021 season. He's there, Mr. Dan Porritt. Oz, are you getting any uh, any fan mail, any mobbing? In no, the- man. no. Unfortunately not. I, had to, I, I actually had to... Was that that clip that we're on? I had to rewind. I can't believe it was stood up front like it. Turning away from pictures. I've got your introduction now, mate. And you're also joining us tonight. A man becoming famous for eating on Zoom. 
more than being part of a promotion winning industrial town side. <laughs> Bought in a sexy new trim that has been absolutely buzzing about already before we've gone live. Here he is, Phil Senior. He's only having a drink tonight. No food available. Well, you never know. He might get in a delivery order during the show. <laughs> I've got a surprise for you, don't you, Willie? And last but by no means least, if this man was a Grand National winning horse, he'd surely be named Son of Jerry. <laughs> the Tarkastalbe manager and beyond the physical retweeter <laughs> and a big time fan of course Mr Paul Quinn so we've had some laughs and some smiles so the next hour and plus is going to get worse from there so. oh, I don't even know where to start guys to be honest with you it's uh, it was always going to be a big week wasn't it? I think we all knew probably uh, Bournemouth might be beyond us but Rotherham uh, we were awful for hopefully for a win but just I mean we'll cover that game first really yeah wow what can we say uh let's have a look at the team that we picked uh D'Amico Doani kept his place after his fantastic performance at Carrow Road we won't be a strange formation I don't think we're like a 3-1-4-2 pause you're into your formations really uh back three Romani Emmons Green kind of recalled uh to the pitch here but what uh what a disappointing uh, performance, wasn't it? And let's be honest, Roland should have won. And uh, I was just so alarmed the second half how we just kind of faded away. Uh, we didn't have any energy, any ideas. It, honestly, how they missed it, the three points, it was just incredible. The bar saved us twice. I thought Coleman, Coleman? Uh, Schofield had a great afternoon. And the guy who missed at the end, I've wrote his name down, I think he called what he called Wing at the end. Absolutely horrendous. Uh, Lewis Wing, uh, I think, at the end. Oh, no, it's called Wiles. God, I'm unprofessionally. Yeah, Wiles. Wiles, yeah. But we walked away with that. Alarm bells ringing. Uh, pause. Rather him at home. And we should have lost, man. What's going on? I know. It's one of those, isn't it? You look at you know, games coming up and situation that we're in and you, you look at Rotherham at home and you, you chalk it down as a, you know, as a, I won't say guarantee three points, but it's certainly one of those that you look at and think, you know, we should be coming away with three points there. And in the end, with the other results in other games, you know, you look and think a draw isn't actually that bad because it's another game down. Um, We'd not lost any ground on Rotherham and, and everyone else seemed to lose. But the thing that was most disappointing for me was it was the manner, the manner of the performance and the manner of the of getting the draw. As they say, we we if we'd have lost three nil in that match, you couldn't have come away and been, you know, aggrieved that we'd lost three nil. And it, it's just it just won't just won't good enough. Um, you know, as as it stands and as it stood then, survival for the town is in our own hands. You know, we're above we're above the bottom three. There's a two-team cushion, albeit not many points between us and, and Rotherham as well. And, you know, you, you're looking at your fixtures and who else is playing everybody and you're thinking from, you know, even before Rotherham, you're thinking, do you know what, three points probably will just about do it. Let's go out and get them. And then we've got, you know, a few more games at the end of the season to pick up another couple to make it a little bit more comfortable. But, you know, good old typical Huddersfield town. And when it's in our hands, we, we seem to really struggle and, don't know if it's a pressure thing or or what. It just seems to be something that's in, embedded in the club that when we're when we're in runnings and it's in our hands, we we seem to falter a little bit and, and it seemed a little bit like that. I don't know if we were nervous or or what, but yeah, you know, they've missed a two really bad 
you know, Mr. Schofield got man at match as well, I think, for an EFL team. So for a keeper to get you man at match and then, you know, miss those, you know, really easy chances, it gives you a flavour of, of what, what the game were like. And, you know, as much as long, the longer it went on, especially second half, I thought, you know, we'll come out here and give it a go. But we were on back foot for pretty much 45 minutes. I can't remember their keeper making the save in second half. So, you know, one of those games that you walk away and you... You know, I've been pretty positive thinking, do you know what, I think we'll probably be all right. But after watching that, you think, do you know what, maybe we will. Quinny, how bad was it? I saw a quote from Geneva Cooper on Thursday, which Friday, I think it was, or one of the pre-match was. And he said, I don't, we're going to the game with lots of confidence. So I'm thinking, hang on a minute, mate, we've just, we should have lost by 10 or 11 at Norwich. So again, talking a load of bollocks. And the performance totally was the opposite to what he said, really. There was no confidence, no energy, no, nothing. And the biggest, best thing about the game was that we just kept the distance, obviously, before last night, the distance between us and Rotherham. Matt, were you shocked as, as much as Paul's as just how bad their performance was? Yeah, I thought I thought Rotherham absolutely dominated the game. To say they were the wayside, I thought, particularly second half, you know, they had that chance right at the end, didn't they, with Matty Crook's first half where it's hit Stevens inside of his leg and, uh, not Stevens, sorry, Keogh's inside of his leg and hit the post or just missed the post and, you like you look at that and then you think that's a let off and hopefully that'll give us a kick up the backside. And then second half, I just thought they completely dominated the game. It was like we were the away side. We were just camped in and it were attack after attack. And I felt they they sort of were trying to win the game more than you know, we were trying not to lose it. That's that's what it felt like. Um and it's one of them. I think we just got away with one, massively got away with one. Um I thought they were dominant throughout, I thought they were full of energy. And we just didn't have any answers, did we? Going going either way, and it could have been it could have been three nil. If it had been three nil, it wouldn't have been an unfair reflection on the game. I don't think. Um, so yeah, what's one one we got away with, and fortunately we got a point out of it and keep that distance a little bit. But then, you know, you look after um, Saturday's result, and it's just things are starting to tighten up again, aren't they? And we're starting to look over our shoulders again, which is a bit of a concern, especially with you know you're on the back of three performances there: the Norwich game get thumped. Rotherham at home, not a great performance. Goalkeeper gets man of the match, that says it all. And then Tuesday's game against Bournemouth, you know, another defeat. And just that confidence, you know, Phil, you'll know what you when you're playing a side that haven't won for a while or can't get back to back wins, or it, it, it's in your head. It is whether you like it or not. You can talk, you can say it's not, but when you go out on the pitch, when you're doing a session as a manager, it's in your head. You know, it's all about winning games and winning breeds confidence and at the moment, you look at the way Rotherham are playing and they'll be full of confidence at the moment. They'll be absolutely full of confidence. Massive performance against us. A, a win on Saturday, the big QPR on Saturday. Yeah, they? I think um, the thing is, Quinny, for me, what makes it turn into a Rotherham podcast, but I watched their game against Wickham on on, uh, on uh, Easter Monday and they were beaten 3-0. And to be fair, it was never a 3-0 game, but you're thinking, God, Wickham at home, you need your wins. That's one you'd be counting on. They've lost 3-0. You think they're there to be down and stuff, but not a bit of it, mate. They've come to us. I watched again their game last night because I'm sad. I like just watching Rotherham games on Saturday flat. But again, similar last night, a goal in front, a goal behind after an hour. Well, it's your time when they've done that. They just brushed themselves off. And and I just wonder, I know they, we just got up, they've run out of gas, but again, they're, they're going to be buzzing like They're up to Birmingham on Saturday. They, they must... I think tonight in their training session or when they've trained this morning, we can get out of this shit. And the town guys will be looking at each other thinking, wow, where, where are we heading here? Yeah, and, don't, and don't forget, there'll be no, there's no pressure on Rotherham. Like Rotherham will be, you know, I think they're probably, 
as a club, they're probably punching slightly above the weight anyway. Yeah. Like, to, you know, if they can stay in, they can stay. They've, they've almost like, it doesn't matter. They've got absolutely nothing to lose. Really, just, if they go down, I think, like, the manager's done an unbelievable job there anyway, get them into the championship. If they stay up, like, absolute Brucey bonus. So they're just like, for me, if I were the manager, I'd just be saying, let's just play every game and relax and let the shackles off and let's see where it takes us. And it's almost like a dangerous place to be in for anybody in and around them because um, psychologically, the, all the... I don't know, all the pressure's off. I think it's off them. It's off yeah. them. It's funny you should say that. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right there. When someone, someone's just put in comments, actually, uh, Daniel Hemingway, you're getting the 2002-2003 season vibes, and that would seem to be very similar to this, didn't it? We were always looked comfortable, and it went down to the last day in, you know, typical town. All results went against us, and, and down we went. And it, it, it is getting that sort of feeling, isn't it? As a fan, sometimes you just get that feeling, and, and you can't get shut of it. It's yeah. funny you that, Quinny, because I was watching the game last night and the commentator was saying, it was really weird. They were like, they're almost like a chuckle brother, but commentary proper like Yorkshireman and what have you. <laughs> come on, lads, come on, lads. This season's a free hit. This season's a free hit. What we're worried about. No one's expected to be here. Just exactly what you said there, mate, and that as well. And it's just like, like I say, they're dangerous. And it'd be interesting, Monica, because in a way, you know, against commentary, kind of moves that you show no, a bit. We haven't even discussed these games, but they, they may be thinking we've got a, bit more pressure on us as well but it's uh they just looks was wanting there playing with free and like you say and Ullershield's town just looks like the weight of the world on their shoulders granted we've got an horrendous injury list but Phil when you look at our teams that have been put out by Carlos and positions and stuff it's, it's players all over the shop you wonder where they're playing like so Aaron Rowan last night a pulled back against a Dutch international winger which were absolutely ridiculous and it's it's just such a messy picture and I was saying today on our Twitter, if you'd have said to me, imagine in August, if, if we were saying that Josh Caroma, who could hardly get a game at Rotherham and he would not a starter, we're kind of praying on our knees for this man to come and save our season. It shows us what a what a joke we are. Like Quinny was saying, wasn't he, about the, obviously, like knowing your roles and, and Rotherham there, it's, we're in totally different positions, aren't we? And our consistency in terms of team selection and we seem to be playing in a totally different way and, and lack of confidence compared to start slash mid-season. And when you've got all that expectancy from dropping down from Premier League and 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 having that bigger squad and being a bigger club, the pressure's on. And for the players, it's like Quinny's, I totally 100% agree. Like for Rotherham, it's, they're going into games and it's right, we're all in it together, we're fighting, we're, 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 we're scrapping for every point. And, and going back to that consistency in terms of how you play, They've got a clear way of playing. You know, you speak to any Barnsley fan and they will tell you that Barnsley are playing horrendous football. They'll tell you that it's horrible to watch, but they're really effective. They've got a way of bringing players on at specific times of the game to freshen up. They've got fast players out wide that they bring off and put on who they can trust and they're bombing balls forward. And they've got this real identity where this town really are struggling from, from the start of the season. The start of the season, we all knew exactly how they were going to play. And we knew that we had that pace out wide and we were a bit of a danger, weren't we? You know, Chrome were cutting in and, and Benzo were firing all cylinders. And then now we just don't seem to have that. And it's like, well, where's the threat coming from? And what are we doing? Are we expecting Lewis O'Brien to bomb on past everybody? And and, and, and we're looking for that grafter. And, he you know, was it's, he was well, to the goal. Because, well, I mean, who did, who did he? I mean, you know, I was listening to a little bit on the radio as well and you could you could hear Matty and Ongi talking and... It sounded literally sounded like they had no he had no options going forwards to, to play the ball in. So he was actually driving the ball in in through as you would do as a centre half. But 
I mean, like Quinny, I don't know if you've ever been in in this position, but like, how are you setting your how are you setting your teams up? I, would would you literally try and maintain the way that you normally play, or would you kind of kind of sit in? We're talking about like, oh, we're, we're happy for the point against like Rotherham or, or, or other teams. There, keep keep picking these points. Why are you literally doing that, or are you saying right? Well, we need to go out for the win and let's get the get the points on the board early. I, I don't, it's all about results, isn't it? And I, I don't. I think you know you've all. Everyone's got their own style and way of playing and where they want to play. But ultimately, it's about getting results. And if that means you've got to tweak something to do it and get something over the line and win promotion. And like you said with Barnsley, no one's going to look back. It's not going to say Barnsley promoted brackets one ugly. Exactly. It's just going to say Barnsley promoted. You know what yeah. I mean? It doesn't. I'm not saying it doesn't matter because you've got to have a philosophy and you've got to have some values that you stick to as a club and some core principles. But then you've got to have some flexibility to say, hang on a minute, we're in the shit here. You know, this might be a different... And to be fair to Carlos, I think he has done that because I think there's been a lot more direct play in the last two months for Huddersfield than there has been in the the, the start of the season where every single goal kick was played out from the back, wasn't it? I think Schofield is hitting a lot of goal kicks a bit longer now, but... Yeah, well, you've got to do what's required and sometimes you've just got to roll your sleeves up and, you know, if that's playing two up front or turning teams around or whatever within a game and you've got to do what's required, haven't you? And it, yeah. 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 One way to skin a cat. And I think sometimes, it, you know, you look at Bielsa and Bielsa's very much, this is the way we're playing, nothing's going to change and that's fine. And no disrespect to my club, but I keep saying it, we're not Leeds United. We haven't got the pulling power. We haven't got the budget. We haven't got the players that Leeds United can attract. And whether we like it or not, I hate saying that, but it's a fact of the matter. And, you know, we can't take that and replicate it. But I think we've got to be adaptable and we've got to find ways to win games, particularly now, you know, one one more win and it's a different story, isn't it? So how do we get that and how do we go back and how do we instill that confidence back in the players? I think that's a good point, especially in regards to like philosophy and stuff, because... You're right, Quinny, you've got to be able to mix it up, aren't you? And it's all right, especially with sort of 10 games to go. You're right. As when you, if you're mid-table, yeah, you just continue it, don't you? But if you're up or you know, up at top or down here at bottom, it is just let's get points on board. But, you know, it's interesting there, you know, obviously everybody references Leeds just because we, you know, Carlos came from Leeds and the club made a massive thing about having this sort of style and ethos. But you, you've got to look at when Leeds got actually promoted, you know, the, the, the figures and the, the amounts that they were, you know, Paying players and the amount of quality that they brought in is it's astronomically different to what we've got in Sfield Town. And I think what what's kind of hindered Carlos in some way is the big fanfare that he came in with. And you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna play this exciting style of football. And I know we've discussed it before, but you've just not got the players available. So by no. by taking that ethos away and that philosophy away and just basically grinding out any sort of result to get a final board, at this stage of the season, I I I don't, a bit like you, I don't really have an issue with that at all. It's not great to watch and, you know, people will, will come on and lambast the way that we're playing and, and stuff like that. But with, with eight, ten games to go, does it matter if it get like you say, does it say Huddersfield Town survive in brackets, played shit for the last ten games? It doesn't, does it? It just shows that we, we've survived. So it's, I think he's coming in for some sick, Carlos, and, and rightly so, and I know we're going to come on to it, but, you know, at the moment, if he... If he it's like Cowley's in it. Everyone said Cowley's played really bad football, but they, they kept us up. And at the end of it, you know, job done, wasn't it? I tell you what, Paz, can you imagine the outroar? If Portsmouth go up and we go down, Jesus Christ, I think uh, there'd be a scandal. But, Quinny, I just want to ask you, because a week before, we played Brentford. We played really well. We probably deserved our point against the top, you know, side. But the Norwich game seems to have done a lot of damage. And the one thing that worries me now, because we need a win or two, like you said, I don't know whether we're playing uh, 
to not win or whatever. But but it's like it's like last night we got that goal back, and I never felt that we were gonna go on and kind of get another one. It's, it's almost like we've forgotten how to win a game. It's it seems to be like damage limitation, and it's it's a bit scary. Obviously, with you know some of our kind of major weapons are not firing on cylinders and bends is a waste of time again, and has been for a couple of months. Karoma played in the B team today. Fingers crossed he might be bench or something on Saturday, but. I don't know. I just don't know if it's just because of injuries or Carlos has kind of mixed up or whatever, but I don't have any faith that we're going to go like to Nottingham on Saturday and, and have a go at that swashbuckling football. And it's very worrying, mate. I just don't see a win coming anytime soon, but I don't know what you think, mate. It seems to be just damaging. I think with a, I think with a Bournemouth game, like for me, they fall into like the Norwich category with the quality of players they've got. How many of their players have played in Premier League, Premier League football recently? You know what I mean? Slank, like Slanky's chance, he gets half a chance, doesn't he? And bang, it's in back at net. I'll finish um, over, by the way. Um, you know, they're just, they've got, they're just full of Premier League players, aren't they? Whereas we've come out of the Premier League and we've lost a lot of players. We're players on loan, et cetera, et cetera. We haven't got, we just haven't got that experience and that nous that a lot of the top teams have got. But yeah, I, I, hand on heart, I think we'll be, I think we'll be all right. That, that's my inkling. I think we'll be all right. I think we'll just do enough to be all right. Um, I think we'll pick up a result because it's sort of still time. We'll pick up a result when we're not expecting it. It might mm. be Saturday and I think one more win and, and we'll be all right. Um, and I think we have got enough in the side to, to win enough games to stay up. But it's just obviously concerning at the moment because you, you win on Saturday and this is like, this conversation isn't even taking place, is it? Probably talking about who we're going to get in the summer. And yeah. Side well, of how many times well, has that, that happened? That's the challenge as well, isn't it? Is recruitment. Because yeah. yeah. you can't, if you're talking to players, like they were saying, they were talking to you know Jordan Rose's dad were in the crowd or whatever on Saturday, and you, you know you're talking to somebody like that. But how can you plan if you don't know if you're going to be in Championship or League One? It's impossible to plan for it. You can't, you can't, you don't know what you're going to recruit. You don't know what your budgets. You know, it's all those sort of things are so up in the air. Whereas if we're safe now completely, those conversations are a lot easier. Aren't they? We should have been safe. I've got a few comments to read out. Damien Wales, uh, two dire games, got away with a point on Saturday. Could have had a point last night. But probably not Saturday. It was like a non-league game down at the stadium. Uh, and I agree what you guys saying around Rotherham. What's up with non-league, by the way? I've seen some great games in non-league. <laughs> <laughs> agree with what you guys say about Rotherham. That point against them instead of losing could be a crucial point. That was the only problem I had that we'd stop them kind of getting off free, really. But more of the post, really, and uh, shocking miss at the end and that as well. It'll probably come down to the Coventry home game. We know how good town are with crunch home games. Uh, James Dyson, could you believe on this commentary last night was buzzing after sold him a cordless vacuum before the game? Really <laughs> <laughs> happy. <laughs> Oggy baffles me. He must have been watching a different game. I must admit, he was saying Romani Edmonds Green were having a great game until his error. I thought, I don't know what game he was watching because I didn't agree whatsoever with him and that as well. Uh, John Smith, uh, great name for a stadium, by the way. His stupid <laughs> man marking system that Carlos uses that is the cause of our problems. Nobody knows what their positions without the ball and concede goals every game. Uh, and Ben Roberts, even if we stay up this season, we're proper relegation fodder uh, next season unless major changes are implemented. So time to kind of dissect a little bit of the two games, really. But Dwayne Holmes, we've mentioned him before, we'll mention him again, just having zero impact on the game mm-hmm. whatsoever. And uh, I'm I mean, what, I mean, what, what? I don't. Oh, I don't know what people expected when we, when we signed him. To be honest, because he, he weren't getting into Derby's team. Um, he, 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 he has quality. The, the lad's got quality. You can see that. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't going to come and make a massive difference to us. To be honest, for me, it just looked like it was another number. 
in a, in a position that will maybe short in Carl Iting were injured and etc. I just think it, it, we can't. I don't think there was much to to kind of expect from him. Where would you play him, um, Phil? Is, I was going to say it's a funny one on because he's he's never. Sorry, Phil. I'll come back to you in a second. Yeah. Finish that. But he's he's not really nailed down the position, has he? He's been billed as the summer upcoming, the signing that we want. We've got him in early, so to me that means like he's you know first name on team sheet, first name on team sheet. So surely you're looking to play him in the position that you want to play him in, and then build around him. Yeah, he's popped up on right wing, left wing. Just behind from two in as a right back, didn't he on Saturday for a bit? It's yeah, he's, he's all over the place. And if he's your major player, you, you you play him in his strongest position, and everyone else fits around him. For me, anyway. So like as Phil just said, he's come in and what he's got the quality, but he's been sort of moved around so much that he's had zero impact whatsoever. It's a funny, it's a funny one. I mean, from from what I've seen of him, the way he plays, I think he, he would suit just playing him behind. Yeah. Um, but because you've got to have that little bit extra pity, he doesn't have that blistering pace, does he? That that, you, that you'd want in this system for for a wide player. I mean, look at look at Rowe when he plays on the left. You know, he showed a glimpse of it last night. Just, he, he's rapid. The kid's got loads of talent, and uh, I mean, I've not been like fully focusing in terms of like who's been playing recently because it has he been injured or what? Because for me, he was our best player, and and it was causing the most problems. And and you know, left back. Yeah. In and out. Put, him in, put him in a position where he can be mostly effective. Put your best players in positions where they're going to affect the game. Which probably. brings us nice to Pippa, mate. Again, another guy. And a worrying comment, I, I thought, from Carlos, but he's just saying it as he is. He said, just comes to that. Pippa's playing with a pain. He came back from the Spanish under-21s. He's not right. He's not fit. He kind of came off early on Saturday. But that worries me. But again, that I, mean, I remember saying a couple of months ago when he played him as a left-back, and Pippa were kind of acknowledging he would, he would enjoy playing there. But for me, that something that was such a great weapon for us in that first half of the season, certainly last year, has gone missing. And surely it's time, you know, hopefully he's fit for Saturday or, you know, Barnsley next week to play him where he should play, mate. Because to me, it's wasting his time as a left-back. I can't believe he'd enjoy playing left-back if he's a right-back. I wouldn't. I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, I mean, probably one for you to answer here, Quinny, as a a manager. You know, when you're looking at your team sheet and you've got a a player in a position who plays that position, he plays it well, uh, you know, like a full, like we use Pippa as an example, you're right back, is, you know, that's the strongest place the team seems to play better there, but then your left back gets injured and you think, oh, well, you know, Pippa could, he can do a job at left back and we'll bring in the, the reserve right back, if you will, who, who's not really that that comfortable and, is, do you move Pippa to, to make it balanced as having like sort of two 50%, shall we say, or do you leave one 100% and then put the, the other right back and have maybe that 25%? Well, can I decide what to do there? If it were me, I'd play my, my best player in his best position and worry about what might happen elsewhere with whoever. But a lot of managers seem to move, you know, full back from side to side or wingers from side to side. And for me, you, you, you're weakening the whole squad by doing that, the whole team, sorry, by doing that. I mean, what's good for you? I want to chuck in Louis O'Brien. Sorry, Paul Quinquin and Louis O'Brien exactly the same. Just don't get what we're doing there, you know. Mm. Playing like left, he looks very annoyed to be there. To be honest, and, and to, I just wonder in the summer that this could be one of the reasons why he might want to leave because I know it's a needs must, but I totally agree with what Poss said. Surely you you play the players, you know, Jaden Brown. I don't know what's done wrong, but he doesn't seem to be playing him there, and he's weakening the team to. 
kind of just filling up. I just don't get it. Yeah, I think, like, for me, Pippa has got to start on that right-hand side all day long. Um, just what he brings to the team. I, I, I'm I, a massive fan of him. I, I think he's I think he's a real talent, um, energy, up and down. But he's not looked a threat. He's not looked as much of a threat on the left-hand side. And then, you know, you look at what the replacement is on the right-hand side and you're almost playing with two players there that aren't, you know, if you, you're playing with Pippa and Toffolo, you've got, like, real balance, aren't you? Two players that get forward, they know what they're going to do. For me personally, I'd leave, I'd have left, I'd leave Pippa on that side and then, I think for me, I agree with Phil. I, I really like Ro. I, I'd 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 give him a whirl there, and I'd give him the opportunity. And you know, that's what that's what that type of player needs as well. They need somebody to get a knock or be injured or be suspended, like Toffolo was. And then that's your opportunity. And for me as a manager, you want to try and back that player then to go and say, "Go on, then you've got five or six games here. Go and have a run at it." And yeah, it's sometimes like round peg square hole, isn't it? And um, I think any player worth the salt will tell the manager. I'll do you a job. Like anybody, any decent player will say, I'll do you a job there, but still in the back of the mind, they aren't 100% comfortable playing there or, you know, if they're right-footed and they're playing on the left and, you know, most professionals should be able to do that. But the reality is that they can't do it as comfortably as, as they want to do. And I think that has caused a problem. I think missing Toffolo is a big, big blow because yeah. the fullbacks are a massive part of our the way we play out there. And him not being in the side it, yeah. just gives so, us that, Just we haven't had that balance since he's been out, I don't think. I think Toffolo's out for a few weeks past as well. I'd counter that a little bit, though. I would say I thought we were a bit stupid last night and he got absolutely mullered about three or four times. Against Dan Juma, who was like a, a Dutch international, I thought, I think you'd be, I'd just be careful a little bit where I'd kind of play a Granted, he gives you something to think about, you know, going forward, you know, as a, you know, for a town guy, I'm thinking, great, get him on the ball. But last night, there were a couple of tackles where he was just like gone and that as well. But, it is, uh, it is a real mess, the fullbacks. And from, yeah, since Toffolo got injured and Pippa, don't know whether the grueling championship season's kind of got on top of him and that as well. Well, they tried O'Brien, we tried O'Brien, didn't we, at left back? I think it was it against Middlesbrough away or somewhere like that. And he, he, no, it might not be Middlesbrough, but one of the, one of the, one of the, yeah, one of the, yeah, Middlesbrough, he gave, he gave away, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. And, and that clearly didn't work. And he clearly didn't look comfortable playing there. Like Phil said, he did not want to, you could tell his body language and everything. He didn't, he did not want to be playing at left back. And again, it's it's round peg square. And also as an opposition, Phil, you'll probably know this as well. When if you sense that as well as an opposition, you know there's a couple of changes. The managers, I'll tell you what the manager's just saying. He's saying, get at him, get at the fullback because he's not comfortable. Get at Pippa on that side because he's not comfortable on his left hand side. Or, you know, even even tackling on your left hand side, it's a different skill set when you've got somebody going down the other side of you. It's a completely different skill set. And they'll they'll identify that and they'll be all over it. Anybody worth the salt and probably Phil will back up on that in terms of you sense a threat and you go after it. I, I, I mean, that's what, half a reason why I would want to be a manager because I, I think the way I would play is that you play people who play in those positions. So like Quinny said, if someone gets injured, then it's a chance for someone else to step in and do well. So what's really frustrating me is uh, Jaden Brown, like why is, he not, why is he not playing? So what's he doing in training to, to warrant not being picked mm-hmm. or being anywhere near? He's obviously doing something wrong. Yeah. Uh, whether it's his attitude or his performance, I don't know. So, You'd hope with with the squad and the kids that you've got, we've got 23s, we've got, you know, it's, it's surely there's someone who can fit into those positions and fill in and, and have a run of, run of games. You have no idea what's going to come out of that run of games. Look at Kroloma. Do you know what I mean? It's None of us were really excited for him to be playing. And he's turned out to be our most valued player this season and we want him back. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So there's something good will come out of it, but it's it's having that bravery and, and like it's, you know, Quinny said that it's it's obviously it's down to the manager and 
if he doesn't have that trust in people and he would he would he would rather what what worries me is he'd rather trust O'Brien instead of Brown at left back and taking your best midfielder out of that area and sticking him in. And that's quite winning to be fair. So going back to transfer market end of the season, we're screwed, aren't we? Because we're gonna need uh, ridiculous Lewis, smart players. Lewis O'Brien's a good guy, it seems to me he just gets some of the job. But for me, in the summer when you know they're looking at your future and you're thinking what the stuff like ain't gonna gonna help him. I know we shouldn't hand out players and stuff, but that's been done too many times, I think, at town. But Lewis, Lewis O'Brien's got his better quality player than Uddersfield Town quality at the moment, if that makes sense. He, you could slot him into you could slot him into that Bournemouth side and he wouldn't look out of place. You could slot him into a Norwich side and he wouldn't look out of place. And at, at town he probably looks worse than what his ability is because he's playing around players that are as good. Hey could it who would you who would you take out a town team for, for your team at Tanner one player? If you could pick one player, who would you choose? <laughs> fit, they're, they're fit now, they're fit now. No, no, they're fit now. Yeah, they're fit now. He's fit for fit. Um, no, he's injured. Who would I take? Do you know who I would take? I'd take Vallejo all day long. Yeah, player in it. I'd take Vallejo. Absolute <laughs> player, by the way. Would it be in in front of back four? Distribution, distribution, unbelievable. Yeah, uh, I'm played, I'm played enough for me. I'm play, he'd be, he'd be one of first people on my team sheet, especially in championship, and especially the way we play. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's brilliant. Um, zinger, zinger. He's underrated, yeah, massively, massively. I can, underrated. Switch. I can see it tomorrow in examining him. Uh, Although say that, I'll give a ping in him all over the place, won't it? Why is Carlos playing Isaac and Benzo? The guy is clearly. Left of the seal town mentally. It was a joke last night, an embarrassment. And we've seen that it was like back to Premier League and Benza. It's such a shame because so we were talking up and it it was fantastic that first half of this season, free kicks, creating stuff, waste of time. Rwanda Arons came on and he uh, he looked good, mate. He he didn't look fit, but he caused one or two issues and stuff and as well. And to me, I I don't get why Carlos is playing like guys like Bakuna and Benza. To me, they're Give me, guys, Scott I another one last night. He did more in 20 minutes than Mbenza did in in his 70 or whatever before. Why is Carlos... He, he seems, I don't know, he, don't, he seems to be giving these guys the game, whatever, but it's like... I don't think that's helping him, and I don't think it's helping with the fans when people are judging him at the moment. I just I know it's an hard job, but he's giving us nothing, Mbenza. He ain't going to be there next season, so why? What's the point? I think that's that's probably what it is because they know that they're not going to be there. So like, it doesn't matter to them, does it? If we go down, we go down. I know there's personal pride and all that in professional football, but some of the characters we've got at town, like you say, Benza, Bakuna specifically, from the history and how they've been when they've been with us, you know, for the past few seasons, they don't give a shit, do they? Why should they? You know, they're still getting paid whatever they get paid, and at the end of the season they'll go and probably find another club, and and it won't matter to them, you know, if we're, we're in League One. I find that I find that like really difficult to get my head around that. And again, Phil, you you you'll probably come in on this, but if if you're if you're a player and you're in a struggling team and you're coming towards the end of your contract, then you've got two options, aren't you? Aren't you? you can either just sit there and do naff all and be a dick about it, or you can put yourself in the shop window and get yourself a better deal with somebody by saying, Look, I'm playing in a side here that's struggling. And get yourself, you know, a better deal, better club, longer terms. Someone like someone like Pritchard at the moment. I mean, do you know what I mean? It's do you know what I'm saying, Phil? It's like I agree. I, I agree. 
I don't what? get. And, and for me, as a Huddersfield Town fan, what do you want to see? Like you said about Scott Hart, yeah, I'd I'd rather see somebody that's going to run through brick walls for the club between now and the end of the season, or now and whenever, and you know, do what they can to keep us up and show that terrier spirit or whatever you want to call it. Um, I've yeah. had conversations in the past, uh, like at Town and non-league, where I've spoken to players that are in those positions, and, and that is the conversation. So things aren't going out of the club. You're not happy with where you've been treated. Be selfish. Be selfish yeah. in your Definitely. in your game. Not be selfish in terms of your performance, but play well. Get on the pitch, play well. Put yourself in shot window and, and make a difference. I think with a Benza, and, and, and it's difficult. I would imagine it's difficult as a manager if you're getting a tune out of a player at the start of the season and they've just had a bit of a dip in form. When's the kind of cutoff point where you go right? I'm, they've had that chance. Look at Pritchard because you, you know if for Benza, there's something in there. We all know that he's been he's, he's been great this year, but. Obviously, recent performances haven't been so. When is that cut off when you go, right, do you know what? I'm going to give someone else a chance instead of this lad. And because on the flip side of what we're talking about here is, why is the manager picking him if, if he's out of contract and he's thinking in that way that he might not be putting him in? It looks like to me that Mbenz has had a move sorted me for a couple of months. He's playing like it. Because I know what you're saying, Quinn, you know, you'd think he got... It, to me, it just feels like... I could be totally wrong here, but he's got something signed, sealed and delivered. Yeah, no, maybe, yeah. But Carlos is the mug for playing him, and we're the mugs for kind of putting up with it for me. Does that what does that say about the potential players that can come in? Because if it's a Benza or somebody else, does Carlos not? But does he not trust these players? Do you not think they're good enough? Does that not that don't bode well for the future? Does it that if you know if there's no one else to bring in? That again goes back to what Phil's been about saying about how many players are going to need in summer. Because if he's not willing to promote somebody now. What makes you know what is he going to do in summer? Unlikely, is it? So it's another position to have to fill. And at the moment, every week we're coming on saying we need a player in this position and this position. And it's about 15 players long this list at the moment. Let's come on, Carlos, now, guys. So when we sang Old Land Zion and got steaming in his living, <coughs> couldn't go out. But then we've won two games since then. Swans <laughs> which seemed to be an absolute miracle, but the Everything came together. Even Dwayne Holmes had a good game that day, and QPR, which yeah, he went a bit. We played really well there. And uh... mate, mate of mine just messaged me and, and like sent me a stat. So in the past four seasons up to now, Town have won twenty six games of one hundred and sixty three games played. That's an average of six point five wins per season. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. I think it's right. I think we've won. I think it's thirty six, not twenty six. But still, it's it? not the great. It's not the greatest, is it? It's. Uh... It's still a poor return, but it was it two from Christmas because it's two in 20 now, is it? Two in 20, mate. Yeah, two in 20. I mean, yeah. what other manager would still be in a job after that? Two in 20. He's lucky to, to not be sacked, isn't he? He's sad. You know, when you think about it, if you take everything away from him and literally look at that stat, find me another manager that's only won two games in 20 that's still in the job because there'll be very, Quinn, very few. Quinn, if you had an injury list as long as your arm and, and obviously key players out and you know, I don't know, you're because. No matter what level it is, you'll begin the trip to the sidelines and what have you and stuff like that as well. For you, kind of going to your chairman and he's like, "What going on here? Two wins and twenty, and you're saying, oh, your injuries is that? Is that just? He'll be like, sorry, you've got enough good players to win. What? How do you kind of feel from Carlos? Do you have sympathy or, you know, from a manager's point of view, or do you think we should be doing better? Because part of me is thinking, yeah, you know, there's a shocking injury list and. I mean, I did a little thing today on Instagram and 70% of people says stick with Carlos on, uh, on Instagram. We had like about 100 people coming in, but it's there's more dissenting voices, but the facts speak for themselves. Awful run, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think I think it, to answer to your first question, I think it depends what sort of relationship he's got. He's obviously got a good relationship with the powers that be. They brought him in and they've got this vision and they want to stick with him. Um, I think I've seen a couple of people say about fans in the stadium. I do think there'd be a lot more pressure if the fans were in the stadium. Um, I, I genuinely do think that. I think there's a, I think there's a few things around that. A few players that have been, not just at Huddersfield, but a few players that have got away with things they won't get away with with supporters in. Teams have probably played differently than they would have done if supporters were in. Um, so I think there has been more patience. I, I'm not one for chopping and changing. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, I just don't think it's good for football to chop and change all the time. But a manager. I see the me say the manager. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long should they have, Quinny? Managers. Well, about six years, man. <laughs> long enough to pay a mortgage off. Yeah, that that's all, mate. That's all. <laughs> Uh, I've got nowhere to go on this now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think it has got daft on it. It's got stupid. But two in twenty games, I, I'd be, I'd be sweating. I'd be, I'd be definitely thinking I'm fucking under pressure here. Pardon my language, but there's, I would. there's not many that, that would. Would they surely? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. And like you said, like if, if fans are in the ground, whew, what it would have been like recently with with powers behind the scenes and and, and obviously the performances on the pitch, it'd be um, it'd be. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure about this. It'd be hostile and blah blah. blah kicking off. I just think it'd be there'd be voices raised. And by the by the way, by the way, it is. I'm not from my own experience, and I know I haven't managed anywhere near the level that Carlos is managing, but. When you're on one of these runs, it is horrendous as a man. But it, yours, is, yours, is, yours is worse. <laughs> it, it, no, it is. It, it literally is. Because like, I always like to say this. So when we when we played Chelsea away and there's like 40,000 fans at the stadium, all you hear is this. Mm-hmm. When you're at Taddy, yeah. you've got bloody oh, John Watts behind going, yeah, fuck it, man. We're yeah. they're, they're right next to them. We're just stood here, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I'm, having a stand, I'm having a standing debate with supporters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, it, it's, no, but it is. It, it's not. It, it, it won't be sleeping. Honestly, it won't be sleeping. It affects your home life. It is. It's tough. And it, and he cares. He's, you know, he'll be trying to do everything he possibly can to make this work and make it right. And I hope he does. I, I genuinely do. Because I think, for me, I think he's like, from the outside looking in, outstanding coach clear vision, like passionate for the game. You can tell his like attention to details, unbelievable. Um, and I, I genuinely, genuinely hope it, I, every single manager that comes to the Hill Town, I want them to do well and you want to back them and get behind them. But you know, it, it is a results game, isn't it? And we keep saying it, you've got to win games and you've got to yeah. back yeah. your vision up with three points. It's not academy football, you know, it's, 
Yeah, to back, to, back, I mean, to back that, I still I still speak to people within the club and, and they've got nothing but positive words to say about him and, and echoing what you've said there. And you can see it from the outside and they're seeing it from the inside. His attention to detail and, and the way that he is in and around the club is, is fantastic about it. So well, um, he'll be 100% behind, but it, that, that's irrelevant compared to the results. And it's a results business, isn't it? And it's the resources as well at your disposal. Yeah. You're, only as good, you're only as good as your players, simple as. You can be the best coach in the world. If you've got... A, a load of shit players, it don't, don't make a difference. Um, you know, if you've got a load of players that aren't going to work hard or aren't got a good attitude, it's very, very difficult. You can be the absolute best coach, done all your badges and everything, but, you know, you look it's at the top, been, they've got top players at the disposal, haven't they? This will always be the argument that, that, we'll, that we'll have at the moment as well, though, because you'll compare him to, you'll compare the, the gaffer to Cowley's and did Cowley's come in and say, right, well, this is the group of players I've got, this is how I'm going to have to play I mean, I know he's played in that way in the past, but like, did it did it suit him? Whereas Carlos has come in and said, right, we're, we're playing my way. I mean, last manager I remember to do that was Mick Wadsworth. <laughs> and we're playing 4-3-3 and we're going to stick to it and we're going to stick to it and we're going to stick to it. And he never changed it. And and obviously we, didn't, we weren't horrendous, but 1-0's here and there and, and we're down. So it's, I don't know, it's... it's well, some some of players, you, some the players you've played with, Phil, some of the players you've played with, you know, think think of anybody from the squads you've been in and the attributes a, one of those players would have had. And if a manager had asked him to do something completely different, they yeah, couldn't do. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can probably think of a number of people that yeah. played for Huddersfield. You know, think of Andy Booth. You're not going to get him, you're not going to say to him, come and drop in the hole and get half turned. And, yeah. you know, because that's not his game, is it? And it's, it's one of them as well. Have you got the prime, prime example, Booth, isn't Because he couldn't move. And he still can't move now. In fact, he probably moves more naturally than what he does when he plays. Do you, do you think it's unfair? Because, again, Portsmouth are on fire. We're not on fire. There's a, all I'm seeing on Twitter and stuff is these comparisons of Cowley's that, you know, they'd never put up with, like, Norwich performance and what have you and stuff. And I remember some stinkers under them. What, how are you seeing the Carlos situation, mate? I think what goes against him is just just kind of the way he's, obviously, he's a kind of Spanish speaker, he, he speaks quick, he doesn't, you know, like, I don't know, like a big Sam kind of character or yeah, you know, that's that well, you can kind of, or a Jacko even going back to your days, Phil, it's like, you know, we're having a shit run, but right guys, we're going to do this, that and the other. And I think, I just kind of listen to Carlos, I'm thinking, Shh, I don't, it's bad really. But I, think, I think with Carlos, and I, I, I definitely feel for him because early season, you know, as Quinny said, we were playing some decent stuff. When he had his first choice 11 out, you know, we, we scored some beautiful goals, some really beautiful goals. Uh, you know, starting from keeper and passages to play up, up front and stuff like that, you know, and we were banging them in. And he's obviously got some there. I just I just think that with Carlos, is, you can tell is um, come from like a youth team sort of setup where. I know we're going to move on to youth teams at town, but for me in those situations, the the result isn't always the most important thing. I've mentioned it on here before that it seems it seems to still be slightly in that in that headspace that this is what I want to get out of this game, and if we get that out of it, the result is not secondary because obviously he's in first team football and will be fully aware of that, but. The, the ethos behind the performance and sometimes if you want players to do things it's probably you know top of the agenda uh, I don't think you can play like that I feel really sorry for him that I he's probably not being backed maybe to the to the way that he wanted to be backed and not being able to bring in the, the quality of player uh, alongside the injuries uh, but then if you flip that over you know if you apparently wanted Dwayne Holmes he's got him and not got best out of him you know so you've got to look at it like that I just think it's 
it's such a transitional season for the club, for for Carlos, for for everything. There's so much going on this this season. If if he manages to keep us up, then for me, he deserves another shot next year, however bad he is. Um, from now until the end of this season, he he sort of deserves that chance to bring in these sort of ten players that we might be able to bring in if he can handpick the ones that he wants and he gets the backing from the board. Next season, we we'll might see more of that early season form because he'll have better resources and better players at his disposal. Uh, if obviously we start off next season in a very similar way, then questions have got to be asked. But you know, um, yeah, I think he does. I think he deserves time. Um, as Quinny says, I'm I'm very similar to you, Quinny. I like a manager to come in and be there. You can't implement a full style of football and a full ethos and a new way of playing in, in 18 months, two years. You need to be there at least three or four or five even years for that to fully embed. Um, I think the thing is as well, Paul, is that, and, and we were in the paper the other day, is there's a lot of players out of contract. I know we've talked about before, big earners, what have you. It's a real chance to make your stamp and, you know, kind of... Oh, the, the summer this year is... No. He's the biggest summer for years. You know, we've never really. I mean, the last time I can think of when we needed this amount of players is when when Jacko took over and he had his famous eight. You know, and we had to recruit a full squad, and it's going to get to that point again. Um, you know, you were there, Phil. You know what it's like. A lot of new players coming in and stuff like that. It can I think there's a lot of mentality within Huddersfield Town at the moment, as you know that that start that Phil just read out. Four years we've been losing the majority of the time, and getting rid of everybody from that sort of mindset and bringing new players in might just freshen it up a little bit more. Just want to win some games, don't we? Yeah, let's come nice, on. It? Let's come on to the stuff below the first team because you were saying there, Pop, it's not all about results. But I was showing a table the other day that really shocked me. I mean, we, we've seen it every. Kind of week on the Twitter, you know, they don't put the score on there. The date that's on the website, we've kind of been humbled by Notts County. But the under 18 league uh, team table, we've lost, we're bottom, we've lost 14 out of 19 games. This includes teams like Grimsby, Notts County, Mansfield, uh, Scunny. I think we lost to Liversidge last Thursday. I think we lost to Blackpool in a B team game and that as well. But I've got I, you two guys are the perfect, you know, you three pods because you're involved with coaching, you're the perfect guys to kind of throw this at because you look at all that and you're thinking Jesus Christ like there's no nothing to kind of get inspired about but then the other half is does these kind of games really matter but I'm thinking hang on a minute we're a championship club and we're, I mean, one or two guys out on loan and what have you but and, and minimal kind of usage of some of the first team but it looks pretty bleak when you kind of look at a website every week and obviously we've talked about Matty Daly not being involved I think he scored today didn't he for the B team and stuff but Quinny, I'll come to you first, but should we be worried that we've lost 14 out of 19 games in the uh, under-18s league against some pitiful teams? We see a lose or whether we see a play. There seems to be a culture of lose, 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 and gets a bit depressing no matter how the club try and jazz it up on the website or try and dupe you that concentrating on this and concentrating on that. It's uh, Should we be worried or should we be thinking it's not really the, the end, be all and end all? Um... <clears throat> I mean, how many players are likely to come through? Phil, Phil, smiling Riley. How many <laughs> players are likely to come through? That's the first thing. If we're, if we're having a big emphasis on those coming through, then personally, um, I think the right thing to do is to try and get them playing as much senior football as they possibly can. Um, and you, you've cited your Liversidge there, but they're the coming up when the playing. What people have got to understand is when they're playing against Liversidge, the under eighteen team is they're coming up against 
a lot of ex-professional players. So you, you look at someone like Adam Field, who plays for Liverpool. He was at Huddersfield till he was 18. He had a pro deal. You're not coming up against dog and duck. They're not a Sunday league team. You know, they're, they're older lads. They're experienced. They know the game. They've probably, 90% of them have been through a professional programme. So, yeah, you can say, oh, playing, but you've got 17-year-olds coming up against 26, 27-year-old experienced yeah. players. A lot of them with ex-professional backgrounds. So, for me, that is really good exposure for the under-18s to go and play against in a real football match, not tippy-tappy, not on a carpet where they can dominate the ball and have loads of possession and not have any physicality, but they're going and playing against a side like Liversidge who are going to put tackles in, they're going to be aerial, they're going to do long throws, and they're almost playing like a lot of teams playing the championship. Play against, you know, your Cardiffs that are direct and uh, that's that's real football. It's the real football in in academy settings, that, that's not real football. They're getting the philosophy across and the value. So in answer to your question, I think there's a balance to be had. I, I'm very much that a winning culture is important. And, you know, that comes from like training well, performing well, high standards, all them types of things, but also realising that you're trying to prepare the lads to win games, aren't you, Phil? You've got to, that's the, that's the be all. If you want to be, you know, I didn't make it as a professional, Phil did, but ultimately your job and when you're managing, your job is to win games and you've got to, you've got to get the balance right between developing players. But then when it comes to, under 18, under 23 football, there has got to be that element of we've got to find a way to win this game because if you call up to the first team, that's what you've got to do and it's part of the skill set. So I think think we're on the right lines with the academy. I think we did, I know it's controversial when we did it, but I can see the rationale why we took the the younger age groups away from a finance point of view. You know, your Manchester United, your Leeds, your your Liverpools are just picking up the best players from our area and taking them. And now we're letting them do all the legwork, basically, and trying to pick people back up off on the back of it. Um, so I, I think we're on the right tracks. But, yeah, it's, it is contagious, like, the, the cycle we're in for the last three years. This isn't this, isn't this season, is it? Like Phil said, this started mm. under Wagner. And that's not Wagner's fault. Um, it was just where we were at. And that, win, that losing cycle is hard to break. And I think we're still in that. And if we can stay up and stabilise as a championship club, for me, that's what that that will be job done at this point because we're not a Bournemouth, we're not a Leeds. You know, we, do we want to get back in the playoffs? Can we get back in the playoffs? Hundred percent, we can, but not yet. We need to stabilise and get some players back on board that are going to do the business for us and let the academy do its thing. But there's a couple yeah. of sides to it. There's a couple of sides to it because you're looking at like it's good habits. So you want to be involved in a team that's that's kind of settled to play properly, professional. You've got a little bit of summit where you, you're held accountable. That's what it's all about, really, when you when you become a YT. Um, and, and, I, and I do think, I, I kind of agree with Quinny and I don't in terms of the academy, but the, the academies are kind of changing now. You'll, you'll hear a lot of, they're looking for that one player. So as Quinny mentioned, like how many players come through, they're, looking, they're literally looking for that one lad. And even at like a really young age in academies, they're looking for that one kid. Um, and... In terms of the way that we're going about it, we're looking at these kids who obviously haven't just quite made it at these bigger clubs and, and we're hoping to develop them. So maybe we're maybe we're going to struggle with these younger age groups in terms of 17s and 18s. Uh, I'm hoping that the coaching is going to be right. Um, so you need the good coaches in to, de- to develop them, obviously. Um, but it's going to take a long time to ca- kind of get a, a young team to gel. But I do think they are looking for those individuals and they will spend a lot of time on those individuals. So there will be there'll be a few players in that team that they already know that aren't really going to make it. Making up the numbers. Yeah, they're going to make up the numbers. There's big noise in there coming from the hierarchy at the club about these some of these players, shall we say. You know, there's there's people that's been touted that they're good enough to, you know, break into the first team and, and all that sort of stuff. So if 
if the net result of losing and coming bottom under 18s week brings out one player that goes on and makes the first, you know, plays it first team and eventually gets sold off for X amount of million pounds, then, you know, as fans, do we do we really care? Because would you be bothered if we were sat in playoffs that under 18 team was bottom at league? Would, would you be bothered about that? Or is it just because... I don't think it'd stand out as much, Paz. I think, you know, like, you just... You know, you know we're, like, we're looking for extra stuff to have a go at here. Even or? if it's 20 quid off this top or whatever, you're looking for a bit of... <laughs> I, think it, I think it does, doesn't it? I think it highlights what we're doing. I think it highlights what the club are trying to do now. And and, and we'll see whether it works uh, further down the line, obviously. Like, I, I go back and say it again, but Barnsley, they, they're similar, probably less money than what we have as a club. And, and they've still got an academy. And they're still making it work, and they're bringing they bring through a lot of kids uh, at that academy uh, into the first team. So, Wednesday, so yeah. get that pitch cut because there won't be much ball on that pitch. Will it, well, it won't be cut, will it? It'll be long grass because it just the ball into the box. So season cards, let's talk about them. So obviously, the man on our screen there, Mister Ogre, was uh, there on top of the. Uh, the it would agree, but let's first and foremost. Let's Don't know why they put my face on it if they wanted to sell more. That's that's just uh, that's just oh, a ridiculous damn. idea. Maybe maybe they're trying to keep people away. I'm just talking to Cosy then, Phil. He sits just behind me. That's what I was doing. Oh, well, I'm looking for the microphone. Oh man, it's obviously been a negative podcast for an obvious reasons, but let's give a bit of credit here. I thought that video was fantastic. I knew the play at the art strings, and straight away, as soon as I watched it, I like. I renewed straight away. I'm one of We just we check it under oh. 18 table at the same uh. time, or you don't want to do I'll tell you what though, Quinny, you, you do forget, don't you? We've had some amazing nights, and all right, it's a bit grim at the moment, but the one thing that stood out on that video, Anthony Kay, that penalty against Bournemouth, like, that that were I've never been in that uh, fantastic video lower where you could hardly see anything with sunshine and when Kay scored and it crashed in off bar and he just stood there like that. Oh man, that like goosebumps, but beautiful footage. And I knew the play at the art strings because I thought, what, which angle are they going to go with? They can't really go in with great football because we haven't seen that for a while. But, <laughs> but he went and put Robbie Edwards on. That says it all. Oh what man. Robbie Edwards. What a night that will fill against yeah. him. We'll Who doesn't love Robbie Edwards? After we've talked about this, I want to ask you your best moments. Down. But anyway, pause Just come on. So, I suppose no surprises really. Two fifty for those that renewed and watched I follow with uh, that Scouse guy telling us about the patching's great and all that, <laughs> and then that Jamaic thing that comes on about not getting a legal stream. But and obviously two ninety nine for those that didn't renew. I mean, what were your thoughts? My only thing was, I mean, we did we've renewed for a season of I follow and we got nothing else, but. Suppose it is what it is, but it's uh, surprises really. Whether with the price, I mean, somebody, somebody who who didn't renew, uh, it went through the the lack of, you know, sometimes you don't renew because it's shit or you don't want to go anymore or whatever. But a lot of people who didn't renew this time, like myself, just basically didn't renew because you can't go to the ground. There were no taking me back and ball home, not spotting them anymore. And I think that the, the club have slightly misjudged it. I mean, I didn't renew because. Uh, I, I didn't see any value in. I didn't think I'd watch many games on on iPlayer on a Saturday because you know got two young kids and stuff. And when when you're at home, you always get that time to sit down and, and watch it. Um, as it happens, I probably watched more than more than I thought, but because uh, <laughs> not else to do, they want else to do. Crap excuse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think what they probably could have done is, especially with where the things are going on pitch at the moment, is is I know they said they're going to keep the price the same. Um, 
for the existing season ticket holders. I think what they probably would have been better off doing is making it maybe 200 for them. So they've had the, re- you know, 50 quid reward um, and, and keeping it 249 for anyone who had won, you know, the season previous to that. And then anybody new, new, who've not had one for a couple of years, you know, 299 is, is probably fair. I just think that, I'd imagine someone had done some sort of mathematical calculations somewhere, but I think the 299 will put off quite a lot of people, especially given what's being served up at the moment on pitch. I think that that people may have found other things to do and not fall, you know, almost fallen out of the habit of going to a match on a Saturday when when it all starts again. You know, you never know. You you might get that bug back, but I, I do think that extra for 50 quid, are, are they gonna are they gonna make more by selling? 8,000 at 300 then you know potentially a lot more at, at 250 will will the mass stack up I suppose that's what they've got to consider and, and, and get that balance in as well but again look at when we had Wagner the, the the ground were full it were rocking that plays a massive part in in football um so does does money until is that more important than, than bums on seats it's for me they've made that decision and although 299 is Cheaper when you compare it to everyone else in championship. I look at it that two that two four nine to two nine nine is probably about right. I'd say that's value for money. I think everyone else is expensive rather than us being cheap. You know the club will probably point to somewhere like Middlesbrough where it's six hundred quid and be like, well, it's half price. A lot Middlesbrough are paying. Well, to me, six hundred pounds is you know absolute rip off. So they can't really use that as a, a stick to. You know, as a carrot to to get you in, but it will be it will be interesting. I think what did we sell eleven thousand this season that, that that didn't get a refund? So, you know, do you hope that there's fifteen there? I, I, I don't think there will be, but you know, they've obviously got a benchmark and and seeing what's there. It would have been nice to have the the deadline extended a little bit. I know is it June thirtieth of June? Thirtieth of June, yeah. Um, it would have probably been more beneficial to maybe make it end of July, and fans could have sort of see what investment there is coming in before making a decision. Because I think that'll make people's minds up more than all. If we stick with what we get, what we've got now, and bring in not right good quality next season, you're looking at another relegation fight, and why are people going to be bothered? You know, that's another that's yeah. fifth season in a row. So we'll would you start three hundred quid? A couple of things Paz need shouting out. There's difference this time into COVID back policy where they're gonna give you uh, games back pro rata if obviously let's hope we're all in, but you know, if you watch the news and what have you, third, fourth waves and stuff. So that don't watch the news, don't watch it, cause it oh, don't that <laughs> for beer gardens. Don't but, watch it. And then obviously the under twenty uh, three uh, well the new kind of age category and that as well, which is uh, I think that's a smart move and that as well. But Phil, what were your gut feeling when you saw the uh, Prices and stuff were fair enough, or did you feel a bit? I think the prices are. I think the prices are great. Still, I really do. I just think it's just going to look as it looks when you've we've we've performed as poorly as we have, and no one's been able to watch. And then all of a sudden, they've just gone boom, <laughs> raise the price. I just think it could have been. You know, wait till we you know finish fourteenth next year, maybe, and then raise <laughs> the prices. Do you know what I mean? I just I just think it's just not been timed great. But I still think the prices are, are are reasonable for for watching town. To be honest, I like the fact that they've uh, they've they've lowered price for well they've increased the age for the little kiddies. So I'm a little lack of yeah. I think the the kids one's good because my lad's only six and he'll get his for yeah. it's like two quid a game or something. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. 
I suppose well, in that respect, you could say the total price for me and him is probably about the same as what it was last year. So, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about getting some free ones like Quinny gets. Um, <laughs> well, when but, but I can't get older. <laughs> we don't win a game. We're going to be waiting till bloody August to, to bring prices out. <laughs> I mean, I agree with Poz, like what Poz just said there. I think there, I didn't get one this year, and I've had one for the last four years now since, uh, since I left Halifax. And, um, and, and I just think that I didn't get one because I wanted to see that the club had a bit of ambition and, and they were making strides to, to be better. And all I saw were people leaving. And, and, and obviously, we're not being able to watch. I thought, not a chance. So I think. Now we've got yeah, Sober Thomas, mate. You were uh, going to renew. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we'll just let him play first. Just put him on pitch. Oh, but, you know, what's, what's the point? Where's this lad from Ireland? What's going on with him? Oh, Is he Best video ever, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, lads going nuts in that bar. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to something more positive than this. Huddersfield Town Day, happy Huddersfield Town Day it was on Tuesday. I always think they're a bit cringe that, but anyway, who might who uh, knocks what that's positive for? So, best, Phil, you've got to like, you're, you're interesting because obviously you were an employee, but your best, what makes you most proudest to be another Seal Town fan, Pause, and give us your best memory. And, Please don't say Schindler's penalty. That'll be boring, man. What? What? Why are you proud to be able to tell me? Mine were. Um, I remember. I don't know if it's just memories or, or just. I don't know about proud to be able to feel town, but um, the Arsenal um, FA Cup at Leeds Road. Um, I always remember Nigel Winterburn came to pick a wall up right next to me, and uh, and <laughs> I said a few choice words to him. <laughs> and they had ball, and he just went like that towards me. Well, I'm proud to be a town fan. You were brave, yeah. There's so, there's so many. I think the the promotion for obviously when we were when we were kids and, we, and it were a season where we didn't really expect it was was a good one. And and for me, it was the fact that we are we're well supported. You know, it's it's, it's a big town. Everybody loves the club, and, and getting on the bus. And, and driving into the millennium and looking down the strip and it would just blue and white, just pure blue and white and just send, send shivers down the spiral. And then it was the same with Wembley when um, we had all the fans kind of marching towards the ground and I stood at the top of the steps with my youngin and um, I'll never forget, I, I, I have no idea who the lad was, but um, Jacob was stood there with me and this fella had a scarf on. He literally just took it off his shoulders and put it on Jacob's shoulders kind of thing. And, and carried on marching on and just little things like that. Do you know what I mean? You, you realise that there's good people in the town and, and and everyone's kind of, you know, just wanting the club to do well. So, yeah, a couple there for me. But it's endless, isn't it? There's, there's loads. Oh, I think I think for me, it's just like, you you speak just like you have beers with some of the away fans back in the day when you used to be able to go away and stuff. And there's a lot of respect for Uddersfield Town out of Uddersfield. Uddersfield kind of regarded in high esteems are you know, yeah, Leeds fans will not give you, but like Stoke, they're a proper club, West Brom, the Uddersfield, a proper club and stuff. And that kind of means a lot to me because mm. it's not about like we won them titles in the 1920s. It's just like people know we've got, for, for the town size that we have, we've got a good following. You know, we kind of, you know, flirt between pretty much like second division, third division really, don't we? Pretty much and that as well. But I just love the fact that when you go games, you see kind of the same faces there. And yeah, right, we kind of, we were, punching above his weight with a 20-odd thousand every week in the Premier League and probably go back to what it was. But I love the fact that you could rock up away on a Tuesday night and you'll see, like, sticks there, you know, with yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there, or you'll be there, Paul, or Russ Fotherby, or whatever and stuff, you know, and all them other kind of fans and stuff and that as well. And the fact when 
kind of dealing with it, buying people rounds in pubs in like Hereford or Brentford or another one and that as well. I think you just don't get that, you know, with other clubs. I always have felt a part of Huddersfield Town and, yeah, some some years to a lesser and greater extent and stuff and kind of feel a bit detached at the moment probably because we're not in there. But it's always kind of meant something for me and it still hurts, like, just like when we lose last night or got thrashed against Norwich, even though we can't go, it's, I still, you know, I've always worked in Leeds all my life for my sins. It's like, but I would you support? And everyone's expecting Man United or whatever. Tottenham is like, what's your town? Like, mm. and they're like, they don't know what to say. But for me, it's oh, but who do you really support? That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bayern Munich, mate. Did you see we got knocked out last night? Yeah, put in mate. in and that. But no, Quinn, it's, it's an amazing uh, club, isn't it? And that as well. And uh, yeah, we're going yeah. through a bit of a turbulent time now, but it's. Uh, Town must mean a lot to you and especially your family as well. Well, uh, without being too dramatic, I don't. If it wasn't Huddersfield Town, I don't think I'd actually be here. Um, my grand, my granddad, my granddad moved to Huddersfield in 1967 to take over as first team coach. Became manager in '69, um, and if it weren't for that, my mum and dad wouldn't have met, and I wouldn't have been born. So Huddersfield Town means a hell of a lot to me, you know, and, and I'm proud that. I've got somebody so close that was so involved with the club and it, you know, I, I love the club and talking about big memories as well. I think the first thing that came to mind for me for some reason was the 1994 final, the Autoglass Trophy final. I was, I think it was yeah. about 10, I was 10 yeah. and went down on the coach and I just thought it was the most magical day ever. Magical you know that? With finger? Yeah, with big finger. I still got that finger in house. Old bleach, old bleach <laughs> seats at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, and I remember being, I can't remember what pub it was, but we were in, in a pub and there was a like a massive beer garden at the front. Again, going back to what Phil was saying, absolutely packed with town fans. And it was in them days, you know, where kids played outside and dads went for a pint. And, and it was just like, I had my blue and white wig on and yeah. I just, I went down with about 10 of the lads. I've still got a photo from the day and it was just like, um, and then 12 months later, we're back there again. And I'm like, what's yeah. going on? This is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, and, and then at Le- that was the time when we just left Leeds Road as well and we were ripping up the pitch at the end of the game and putting bits of uh, grass on top of his heads. And it's just like, <laughs> stuff like that, you never you never forget it, do you? And, um, you know, it's like football's just, people that are that passionate about it, they don't get it. But it's more than just like the game, isn't it? It's more than talking about who the manager is and, and that's that's what hurts me sometimes, like as a manager slash supporter, when I see things, I sometimes want to see like more passion than than I see. Um from from my you know, from every club you watch sometimes they've got a bit there's got to be that real connection between the players and the supporters, aren't they? And the players have got the players have got to know like what do people go for in that town? What what's the town about? Yeah, what's yeah. the identity? And I want to see that again. We will, we will, but I want to see more of that again at, at the club. And um, yeah, no, it's it's our, it's our club, isn't it? And it always will be. Awesome. Yeah, it's just, just, just so many in there. And, and like Quinn has just touched on there, sometimes you, you, your memories that are ingrained into you are always, are always the match. You know, you're talking about there about, um, you know, all glass final. Again, I was 10, we must be a similar age. Quinn, you look a bit better than me for your age. Mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I remember that, I remember the, uh, the, the final that we got promoted. And if you ask me much about that match, as you know, I was probably 11 then, and don't actually remember that much, but I always remember we went to Burger King afterwards and uh, been rubbering toilets and toilet flooded. And that's what I remember from that day more than, more than all else. And like I say, it's so, there's so much more around the, the thing about going to football. And that's why I think I found it so difficult, like watching it on TV, because 
you know, around everywhere, you know, around Huddersfield. I live in Bradford, maybe. There's so many sort of Man United fans, Liverpool fans, Arsenal fans, and they literally just watch it on TV and they, they tell me that they're, they're just as passionate as what you are. And there's no way there can be because there's absolutely no connection, you know, like you say about running onto the pitch and, you know, that Bournemouth match, because of you say, I remember legging it on uh, after after that in the case guard. I think when we beat MK Dons, I'd, I'd done my knee and I'd had an operation on that. Did you do Alan Smith though, did you? I were, on, I were on crutches and I remember just everyone else ran onto the pitch and I'm thinking, I, I want to be on, but I can't because I'm on crutches and I just sort of hobbled, you know, to the sidetrack and just literally put my foot on grass because I thought I need to get involved in this somehow. And it's it's those little moments in it. And I think, I think you know, we had a massive connection under Wagner. I think he, he really brought the club and the fans and the whole town together. And that that's kind of waned a little bit. And I don't know if that were a, a bit of a Dean Oil factor and, you know, because he was, he was such a fan and, he, you know, he made good connections. I think that's kind of waned. I don't think people have worn to... Want to fill in in the same way as what we we did to Dean and stuff like that, and you know it's, it's a real shame really. But there's some there's some good people that still work at that club. There's there's people at that club that you know have gone above and beyond. I won't name check anyone, but you know when they've just seen stuff that I might have put on Twitter, someone's you know from clubs DM'd me and sorted me out, or you know a couple of times I've had things drop through post where you know they didn't need to do that and they've just done it nice and quietly off their own back. That's what I follow post this season. <laughs> I'll tell you after what it was, mate. But no, it's it's the little things like that, and that's the connection that you get with the club when you when you go regularly, and like you say, because you you know people. There must be so many fans that I know by a nickname, or I oh, remember that bloke. Yeah, we're in pub at Scunthorpe, or yeah, remember him at Wickham who was shouting and bawling at ref, and I've no idea who he is, but I'll see him week in week out, and you know you nod at him. How do, mate? You're all right, and you know it is one big family in the end of the day, and as much as people say. It, you know, oh, I don't care anymore or falling out of love with it. I, I just, I can't disconnect like that, me. I, I can't wait to get back in stadium and, you know, I'll, I'll moan that it's 300 quid and I'll, I'll moan that we haven't bought anyone. and I'll go and I'll moan that, you know, right-back's crap and keeper should be never played again. And next Saturday I'll go again. And you just you just do, don't you? And it, it's, it is such a... We need to thing. start worrying if Huddersfield Towns fans stop mourning. That's that's the big... That's sorry. it, yeah. <laughs> I want, end, I want to end this podcast about Bradford City. Can you believe this? So on Saturday, I hope you've seen this, guys. Bradford City played Grimsby Town in a match and the ref blew for half-time. And then two Grimsby players walked off and one had buttered the other. <laughs> Never seen anything like it. Stephen Payne is his name. And he had buttered Philippe Moraes. I think they've been disciplined for the club. I think they're talking about sacking Payne. Uh, the bottom of the football league at Grimsby. So don't let me down here, Quinny and Phil, because in your time in football, have you ever seen any? Don't don't know what any names anyway. But have you ever heard or seen any incidents like that? Even maybe even in training or on a match, because obviously tempers afraid, passions run high. But I've never seen anything like that. It was an incredible incident, man. I walked onto the bench. I walked onto the bench, Brighton away, and Clyde. Me and Clyde were not bent. And uh, Clyde roundhouse me, just kicked me in the face. For no reason. <laughs> this was Clyde anyway, this is just what he was like. And, and and the Monday after, Lou pulled me and said the chairman had seen me and Clyde fighting. Says it weren't much of a fight, he's bloody kickboxer. Imagine. <laughs> but we, they, they were there were a few we obviously we've had a few within training. Um I remember when Steve Bruce were here, they were um we signed a, a new player, I won't name any names and 
Um, they were blood on the nose and, and you know, it, it was a bit of a brawl, to be honest, um, and a bit of a fallout. But they were made up day after, no problem. You know, it, thing is, it's this passion, isn't they, on, on the field and, and um, you know, I've got I've got a daughter here and, and, and God, I'm not sexist or anything, but girls seem to be a lot different than the older grudge. Uh, fellas, literally, you can argue, you fall out, you made up within 20 seconds. Do you know what I mean? And, and especially on the football field, it, you generally see that a lot, you know. Um, you know, I had a, I had a fallout of Worthy when I was younger, you know, it's, it's summer to nothing and next, you know, we're, we're, you know, best of mates kind of thing. Like, so it's, I think it's just the, the frustration sometimes on a footy field and if someone said something um, and, and you obviously know that you've done something wrong and I don't know if that's the case and, and tempers can flare and you can punch, whatever. I mean, it happens in the changing rooms all the time. Managers are the worst. Throwing bloody tactics boards and, <laughs> and all sorts at you, and, and do you know what I mean? And, and kicking off, and, and and you can't, you can't, you don't say, oh, back to it. It's like an head teacher, you don't say, we're back to Gaffer, even if you know, even if he's it wrong. Um, I think it, it, it'll happen a lot more than what you what you expect. I mean, who did it happen with recently in um, with, uh, Chelsea? It's happened in the house, hasn't it, with a couple of Chelsea players? Yeah, it happened with Aspel uh, the- and Rudiger. Yeah, Rudiger, yeah, yeah. Um, and and Tuchel's kind of said, like, don't get in the way of any of those three. I think he put Kovac, is it Kovacevic or whatever he's called? Quinny, I'm also not going to dish some nice so, Quinny, yeah, Quinny. Quinny, Quinny I mean, the thing is, Quinny, like, have you ever had it as a manager with your own players and how have you dealt with it? Like, do you what? feel like... Oh, for me? Yeah, so, like, two players in your team fighting, have you ever thought, like, this is going to affect team spirit, this? I, sometimes I think it's when you see it, especially if it's on the. I, I won't. I won't like to see it on the pitch like that with players out because I just think it looks bad and it sends the wrong message. But in the change room behind closed doors, if people are going for each other, sometimes I think it's a good sign because yeah. it shows that people care. Yeah. And it shows that people are bothered, and um, you know, a few people have said to me before, "Fucking, you know, do you think you know what do you think the change rooms like after that?" And you, sometimes it's a good thing. You want players to be at each other because if they're just sort of sat there and. You, you're worried then that they're not bothered. You know, they're just going through the motions and from a manager, yeah, I've had, I've had a few. Like, I've put, 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 put a makeshift cat flap in a door once at Brighouse Town with my foot. What's that, mate? Saying going around with betting book right on the five running. Two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a passionate game, isn't it? And tempers, tempers afraid sometimes and, People have, you know, moments where they disagree and, you know, and not, by the way, not everybody likes each other in a club, in a football club. Not mm-hmm. everybody, it's like being at work, you know, you you want to try and create that bond and you want to have each other's backs. But at the end of the day, you've got 15, 18, 20 different personalities and everyone everyone's not going to get on with everyone. Everyone's not going to see eye to eye. There's going to be lads who room with each other or knock about with each other more than others, isn't there? And it's just like any, any day people say it all the time. The, the human beings before footballers, before managers, they're just lads, aren't they? And lads fight at work. Lads, not in that, not in that aspect, but they, you know, they'll disagree at work. They'll fight in the playground. It's and that, there's nothing different in a football environment. And it's when there's been that little temper frayed or you've locked horns or whatever, then it can boil over sometimes, Kai. But yeah, obviously the, the line's got to be drawn somewhere, aren't it? And here's the link. Let's up town. Yeah, show. Then. You are. Did you see the headbutt? Pathetic, wasn't it? It, it was, yeah, like he wasn't like a proper Joey Jones. Uh, honestly, I think he did it, <laughs> Lee Jordan, didn't he? Push we, uh, oh, yeah, it's uh, like a kiss. Yeah. The thing is, Paul Hurst has gone back there, thought I can recreate the old magic at Grinsby, and yeah, they're probably going to go down to uh, go back up. But 
Yeah, let's hope Townshill Mall fight in their next two games, which uh, oh, nicely done. Off now, so don't be late because uh, <laughs> three o'clock you won't be seeing a game. But yeah, Forest, Forest, not to play for. Come on, we bloody hell, we should be able to do that. And then Barnsley, that'll be interesting next week. But we'll be back next Thursday anyway. And uh, so it's been a bit downbeat, but you've got to be honest, haven't you? And uh, it's just not good enough at the moment, man. So renew your season cards. Come on. <laughs> Thirtieth of the town. Commission calls it for the sales renewals. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the new. Because you're going to be getting that form. <laughs> yeah, it's a card number and sort code out, won't you? Both of you. I'll pass it to. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield